Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, I'm thankful for my pastor. Okay. Yeah, dude. Rig- That's cool. Rigatoni is the bet. No, nah, I'm just joking. No, no. <laughs> Pastor Blake Penland. Um. Oh man. We, you know, me and him were working yeah, together in 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 ministry, and he just called me up last night. We had an awesome chat, and he's like, "Hey, man, let's hang out. We, you know, I'm going to take you to the movies, and we're just going to about cars, right? About cars. True story yeah, about cars. Gonna, we're going to go see Ford versus Ferrari. I'm like so stoked because it's amazing. <laughs> um. But yeah, like he's like, yeah, let's 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 go and only hang a motor out. only a motor racer would get. So excited over that! Like it's about believe me, Lamont. Like yeah, well, anyway, oh, yeah. anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just so thankful for him because he's just like, yeah, I just want to hang out, man. And Guess I'm what like, I'm thankful yes. for this morning? What are you thankful for? I am thankful for Marta. Oh Marta, yeah, Marta is here in the office. You. Marta, how how long has it been? How, how many months or years has it been since you've years. been producing? It's <laughs> like, who is this person sitting there in the studio? It's been like forever. Marta, I, I, just a signal through the glass here. How thankful are you this morning for being able to get up so early in the morning? Thank <laughs> Very thankful. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Marta's filling in for uh, Shelter Day, producing our show. And for those of you who are long-time listeners, you'll know that Marta was our long-time producer. How many years did you produce this show for, Marta? Did you, three, three years. Wow. Veteran producer right there. She did it for and. Back in the seat again this morning, so that's super awesome. This is a reminder, you're listening to The Delayed Broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms.
You're listening to Anna Beaton with Breathe here on Faith FM as Lawson heads into the first clue for the first <coughs> quiz of the day. Let's see how many quizzes we can get through. So get ready to give us a call. 1-800-324-843 if you can figure this one out. Let's see if someone can get it on the first clue. Okay, so this is a what am I quiz. I'm going to do two clues right off the bat, okay? Are you, okay. Are you ready for this? Okay, one, two right off the bat. Yeah, you, you really well, because, try to get because one is like an official clue that's on the card, and the other one's a personal clue. Uh, okay, so Lawson just wants to. Um, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay, uh-huh. what am I? Paul accused false brothers of being these for the purpose of making slaves of true believers. Ooh. <laughs> okay, give us your personal clue. Oh, my personal clue is that my friend Ida from Denmark, who I work with, pronounces this word in a really funny way. Oh, no. Darn it. We need to get Ida in here. <laughs> She's awesome. She is awesome. Um, but yeah, if you know what this is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. And if you win, we'll give you a prize completely for free. But the problem is, right, is that now that I've said that she pronounced it in a funny way, I just want to tell you what it is. And it's just going to burn me up inside Like until someone gets it So please guys call us 1-800-324-843 And then I can tell you Double prizes are available And double, double prizes, prizes are well. available I, don't, I don't, do not know the answer to this one Alright so positively different news Around the world Okay a few sad things Like that are just Like I know I'm supposed to do positively different news But Unfortunately, because of the fires here in our area, we were having a church camp this weekend that had to get cancelled. Yeah, that's super sad. And we were like, oh. Is there a fire in that area or is it? Yeah, yeah. So there there have been. And then there's like an uncontrolled fire just like 25, 30 kilometers north. And if the wind changes, they're like freaking out. Especially because, so we're going to go to the Tali camp in Karua and... It's like a this really amazing spot. It's like 
you know, a little peninsula and there's only one road in and out. And so if there's fires going on anywhere near there, like, and especially because um, today... The, the answer, the, the solution to this is very simple, Lawson. What, what's that? It's called boats. Boat camp? like Boat camp, or just right there. Like Boat camp. Sleep in kayaks and stuff. Is that like... Uh, maybe something a little bit bigger than a kayak. <laughs> you know, a, couple, a couple of houseboats. Okay. Uh, all right. That would because be Because that, that waterway, that waterway has lots of houseboats on it. Yeah. Like... I have solved your church camp problem. Boat camp. Boat I don't camp. think we have time to organize a boat camp, but we'll keep that in mind. That would actually be amazing. I'll bring my boat. Oh, how good are boats? Like Boats just, are amazing. Like, Did you notice that in the car park, there is a trailer with like 10 boats on it? No. Sailing boats. Yes. Oh, that is... I, I grew up... I've never seen that. I, 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 I want to know who owns those. I want to know what we're going to use. I, I, want, I want to sail one. It's like... <laughs> Pick me. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I grew up on the lake, you know, like going to like junior sailing and stuff with my sisters. And it's the best day. My fa- oh, I mean, it's like, so I used to diss it when I was younger because I was like, oh, motorbikes, that's the real thing. But reflecting back and, and I'm hoping that none of my family are listening to me say this. I hope they're listening, but I hope they don't listen to me say this because reflecting back, I'm like... Dude, sailing is awesome. It like, is. Sailing is like it the is. coolest thing ever. It, uh, and it's the <laughs> ultimate in clean energy. Oh, it is like... You can, you can put those sails up and you can circumnavigate the globe without producing any without pollution whatsoever at all. That is yeah. amazing. You can run all your instrumentation off solar. And, and wind. S- and wind. It's, it's just... It is. It's living your best life. That yeah. is amazing. And it, and, it, and it is like, what, how many... How many thousands of years old? It's got to be at least 6,000 years old. I'm sure Adam went sailing. <laughs> I'm sh- I am convinced. Anyway, move on. <laughs> move on. We're sidetracked. Okay. <laughs> Sailing's great. Um, I'm glad that we found a positive spin out of that negative situation. Yeah. But, um, okay, something I read this morning, which I was, wasn't intrigued by at first, but then my eyes just about fell out of my head when I continued reading. So, currently, um, they've done some research that, fi- that has found that um, copper hospital beds um, harbor ninety five percent less bacteria than plastic ones. I've never seen a copper hospital bed. No one has ever seen a copper. They're, they're like prototypes that they're like testing in America right now. They would be expensive. They would be expensive. Yeah. But the thing about them is they they they're harbor ninety five less bacteria. Now I always think what about it, stainless? Well, they haven't tested that. They've tested copper for some reason. They're like, we're just going straight to... They must have known something beforehand that copper is going to be really, really good for this kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. But so I was thinking like, okay, if it harvests 95%, well, if it's like 95% of an absolute minuscule amount, well, then it's it's not that much, right? It's like, oh, it's 95, you know, it's it's like half of nothing. You know, it's, it's nothing. And because I've always been under the impression that, you know, especially in the 21st century, especially in Australia or America or a first world country, like, oh, hospitals are pretty clean. Like, no, nah, hospitals are the worst place you, ever to be so, when you're sick. So this is what I read. Uh, like, hospital acquired infections sicken approximately 2 million Americans annually uh-huh. and kill nearly 100,000. Uh-huh. I was like... So you would not get if you did not go to hospital. I was, like, blown away. I was shocked. Now, this needs to be balanced out by a large population, 330 million people yeah, in the United States, exactly. and a lot of people who do go to hospital, and I'm not encouraging people not to go to hospital. Do not get me wrong, but this is a very real thing. Yeah, this is insane. Like, 
It is the so hospital like caught infections is the eighth highest um killer in America as well. Like, oh man, I was I was just blown away. I didn't know. I was, I just thought hospitals were like clean because they pay like. Like, well, when you think about it, all of the diseases in the entire country get shipped straight to that one location. It, like, I, I fully agree with that, and I know that. But then in my head, I was like, yeah, they disinfect oh, you know, they, they disinfect just, everything. They nuke the whole place clean, every day. And so. like, yeah, but apparently not. So we need these copper hospital beds. I'm just like, we, we do. We, we need them. We need them to save us from hospital-related infections. Um, and, um, yeah, this, this is something that needs to happen. And, and then we'll all die of, um, copper poisoning. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wonder whether they'll keep these things polished because copper is a, um, is a spectacular metal while it is polished. Mm. It kind of, um, loses its tarnish pretty easily, but we, well, we have, copper? there's, there's some Fantastic. photos of them there that are like, they looked all nice and polished up. So yes, yes. They were... I like copper and brass. Yeah. You just you just have a natural affection for those Good combo. particular metal. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Um, <laughs> moving on. Moving, moving on. on. <laughs> like, come on, Lyle. Um, just quickly, just to finish off, a bit of a heartwarming story coming out of the states that I thought was just particularly amazing. Um, there's this guy. His name's BB McGowan, which I think a name having a name that can be abbreviated to BB, like BB King, BB McGowan, like that. That is like the coolest thing ever. Um, this guy was formerly, basically, he was a homeless drunk. He lived on the streets of Dallas, Texas, as someone you know who was just wasted all the time. He had gone through some you know hard stuff in life, and it had been struggling with some PTSD and whatnot. Um, but Thankfully, his life has fully turned around um, thanks to the Oaklawn um, United Methodist Church who supported him as a homeless person, got him sober and helped him, you know, essentially make a success of his life. He is now a homeowner and now has a steady job, you know, in qualifications and all these things, which are really awesome. But now what he does, because he's gone through this journey, is he drives the church bus around every single night fighting homeless people on the street and taking them to the local homeless shelter and supporting them. That's fantastic. Which is fantastic. And I just... It just took my mind to the story of, you know, when Jesus heals the demoniac. And it's like this guy running around who's just like completely messed up and everyone's scared and afraid of him. And then Jesus, you know, casts the demon out from him, heals him. Um, and, and, you know, when he comes back to when he comes back to the city, everyone's like shocked. And then Jesus gives him the stru- instructions to, you know, because he's leaving and, and the demoniac is like, oh, can I come with you, Jesus? Like, I, I want to be like, come with me. He's like, go and do my work. And the demoniac does an incredible work of going and witnessing to how good God is and how much God has cha- changed his life and, and turned his life around. And I think, you know, this is the evidence here. This man is also, you know, now um, in a place where he's like a Christian as well. He's a church attendee. Um, he's someone who is living a life for Christ. And that is translated to uh, someone who goes and supports and loves people, which the Bible um, in the book of James calls undefiled religion, you know, to, to support people and to, to, to feed the orphans and to house the widows. And, and so, yeah, we should be doing the same. As, as you know, if you're out there, if you've been through an amazing Christian experience, take the steps to support people. That's what you're called to do. Anyway, this is Jaden Levick with Wondrous Love. What a wondrous love is this, oh my.
Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Jaden Laverick with Wondrous Love here on Faith FM Radio. And Lawson is about to give us another clue for our yes, quiz. Yes, I am. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm going to get it on this one. Oh, I'll see. There you go. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. You ready? This is What, what am, am I? I? What, what am, am I? I? The teachers of the law and the chief priest use these to help find a way to arrest Jesus. 
I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, if you know what it is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Read me the first quiz. Read me. I prize. think I've got it. I think I've got it. You'll win double prizes because Lyle thinks he knows, but he doesn't actually know. Oh, but he fully does know. <laughs> oh, <what's... laughs> yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> right there. I got there. Just took just <clears throat> a little bit slow this morning, but we got there in the end. That's the main thing. Awesome. Well, so no double prizes up for grabs. Sadly, no. but prizes are still up for grabs. If you know who it is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. Lyle, what is going on around the world in current news? This morning, I'm going to talk about wild pigs. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yes. Wild pigs that have been doing society a huge favor. So this is a positively different story about wild pigs. And for those of us here in Australia, I don't think that anybody can think of anything positively good about wild pigs, and we all wish that they would disappear and go away. (laughs) However, in Italy, uh, there was a group of gangsters who hid $32,000 worth of uh, cocaine in a Tuscany forest, and a group of wild pigs (laughs) sniffed it out. They ate the lot. No doubt they were as high as kites. That is the best. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I'm just sort of thinking, yeah, kudos to the wild pigs who uh, who got in there and, and, and got this problem sorted out. Um, this story all came about as a result of uh, wiretaps that the uh, Italian police were doing. Um, one Italian, two Albanians have been arrested as a result of the conversations where they were be- bemoaning the fact of how much money they had lost as a result of uh, these wild pigs who had left cocaine powder scattered all over the countryside. Um, of course, the uh, the investigation was sparked by the death of a 21-year-old Albanian Ooh, young man who rough. was murdered. And uh, and so they started investigating these different people. They found that they were importing large amounts of cocaine into the country. And then they found out that a lot of that cocaine had uh, gone the way of a bunch of wild pigs. <laughs> so gangsters beware. The pigs are on your trail. So, I, just, I, just, so- I don't know what the lesson out of that story is apart from drugs are a terrible idea. Um, drug, um, drug, uh, um, um, people who are selling drugs should be locked away and it's just positively different to see wild pigs stepping in and doing the community great service, <laughs> which is awesome because when we ever in a of- lot of ways, they're not like, they just never are. And there you go. They're doing something good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. While we're talking <laughs> about critters, uh, the black plague has struck in China. The Black Plague. The Black Plague. Which one's that? Where does that come from? Okay, so the Black Plague is... Uh, is that is rats or birds? Rats. Oh, right. Yeah, so this is, the, uh, this is the plague that wiped out a third of the world's population. Yeah. Uh, about 600 years ago. Swept around the world. Um, terrible history. There is debate as to whether it was the pneumonic or bubonic plague. The strain that has broken out in China is the pneumonic plague, which is much more contagious than the bubonic plague. Um, and kind of has the same symptoms and the same results death in about 72 hours if untreated um with one or two sort of minor differences of course the 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 pneumonic one is um yeah as we mentioned a whole lot worse um incredibly contagious and incredibly um lethal and of course china being china all reference to it has been scrubbed from weibo which is their version of uh facebook and the two people who came down with the plague came from northwestern Inner Mongolia and are mm. now in Beijing. A lot of people are asking the question, how did they get to Beijing? Mm. What kind of transport did they travel in? 
Oh, um, yeah, true. Because this disease is spread by uh, close contact and droplets in the air. So this is not a touch one. Touch diseases are much easier to control. This is an airborne disease oh. uh, from one person to the other. And that is so freaky. The Chinese are starting to freak out because, you know, um, in the year of the rooster, they had bird flu. In the year of the pig, they had uh, swine fever. And we are about to enter the year of the rat. And, of course, <laughs> pneumonic plague and bubonic plague are carried by rats um, and transferred from rats to humans via fleas and then from humans to humans uh, through the air. Um, so, yeah. Um, and this is after uh, um, two years ago, there was a couple who died from bubonic plague in China after eating raw marmot kidneys. Now, why someone would choose to eat kidneys, I'm really not sure. That's like eating a filter. <laughs> um, but anyway, and why you would eat it raw, that I also do not understand. I think both of those are a terrible idea from a health perspective. But... Uh, yeah, did you know that uh, this particular plague, the Black Plague, was the first um, disease to be weaponized and used in a case of biological warfare? Yeah, was, who, who was it? The, the Mongolians. The, yeah, it was the Ge- Mongolians. Um, the, 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 the Black Plague broke out in the army camp that was besieging a uh, European city. And so they loaded the dead bodies into the uh, trebuchets and launched them into the city. Mm. And, of course, that spread uh, Black Plague right throughout the city and, and just about killed everybody inside. So, yeah, terrible, terrible history in relationship to this particular plague, something we really, really do not want to see um, break out again. Mm. Um, I think we would have better, you know, far better controls these days. What's interesting is how they were eventually able to control the Black Plague, if you study the history of it. Um, one of the major control measures that came in, it was really was the invention of the, the of modern-day um, public health systems was they went back to the book of Leviticus um, and in the Bible, you know, under the Mosaic law of the book of Leviticus, they found uh, laws of quarantine. Mm. They enacted those laws of quarantine as found in the book of Leviticus and were able to bring the Black Plague under control in those areas where they enacted those laws. Mm. You know, and these are laws that were written down by God three and a half thousand years ago and are the basis for public health today mm. you know and public the public health system uh that we have today has really only existed in the last hundred years or so mm. uh, previous to that point you know the whole idea of germs and spread of disease these kinds of things was completely unknown and unstudied except that god knew about it and god had written it down just thousands and thousands of years ago mm. So, yeah, that's what's happening in China wow. right now. Okay, other stories. Where should we go next? Uh, we have a story here. Let me just pull this one up very quickly. This one's coming out of the United States. I found this one interesting. Uh, Patrick Henry Murphy, who was due to be executed. Um, this guy was a murderer who then escaped from prison with seven other uh, people and went on a murder crime spree throughout Texas. They were known as the Texas Seven until they were uh, recaptured again and wow. has been on death row. And his execution has now been had two stays of execution because he is challenging through the court system that he is, uh, as a Buddhist, he is unable to have a Buddhist 
spiritual advisor or Buddhist priest or monk uh, with him at the time of his execution. And Texas is like, well, we only provide for uh, Christians and Islams, uh, Muslims. Um, and, you know, people who are there have to, have to you know, uh, chaplains who are there have to, you know, be a part of, have to be employed by the Texas prison system, and they don't currently, currently employ anyone who is a, uh, a Buddhist monk or priest. And so, um, yeah, the United States uh, Supreme Court has said, yep, you know, that's an infringement on his religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, I think that is a, a, an infringement on religious liberty. I definitely think that's an infringement. A person should be able to have, you know, whichever religious priest um, is a part of their religion, you know, at the time of their death. It's mm-hmm. their conscience. It's their decision between them and God. It's not for us to define for them. Mm-hmm. You can only have a Christian. And if the, the Texans have said, well, you know, we train our chaplains to be able to minister to people of all faiths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not the same. Yeah. You know, if I was if I was on 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 death row, I wouldn't want to have a Buddhist or a Muslim attending to me. Yeah, even if they had, been I would want a Christian in all faiths. Yeah, I don't care whether they've been trained in all faiths. Yeah, I would want a Seventh Day Adventist pastor. Mm. That's what I would want. Mm. And it's not that hard of a thing to uh, to arrange. So just just do it already. <laughs> Um, I mean, do away with the death penalty first, but that's a, a story, another story for another discussion on another day. Anyway, let's talk. Let's uh, continue on our show. This is Abby Eaton with Man of Sorrows.
You're listening to Abby Eaton there with Man of Sorrows here on Faith FM as we head into our interview of the day. Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. All right, here we go. Next clue. Joseph accused his brothers of being these. Okay, there you go. If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. What did Joseph accuse his brothers of being? So contact us now and a prize will be coming your way. Joining us on the phone this morning is a regular on the show, David Haupt. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning to your listeners. Now, David, um, you're involved with uh, ADRA, Adventist uh, um, Development and Relief um, Agency, as well as Adventist Community (laughs) Services. And we just wanted to talk about the bushfires. I understand that you are out and about on the road right now. Have you been um, able to get through to the bushfire-affected areas? I have been. There's uh, most most of the roads have been opened up. Some uh, roads are just one lane, but it's just devastation wherever you look. And um, it's understandable because our country is bone dry at the moment. And when flames uh, get in there, it just burns whatever is available. Have you been able to, have you had an opportunity to meet with people affected by the fires already? I have, and especially with volunteers at at the moment working, trying to support those people and the phenomenal work that has been done. Okay, tell us about, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Especially by some of the churches, faith groups that really reaching out to try and help the community. Yeah, and that's fantastic. That's what we need to see happening. Um, and I think we do see this happen every time there is a disaster here in Australia, is that Australians do pitch in, they do help out, they do work hard, and, uh, and we can praise God for that. What kind, of, uh, what, kind of, what, what kind of projects are you involved in coordinating um, in response to the bushfires at the moment? At the moment, some of our churches have just opened up their, uh, their church doors, uh, especially in smaller places where uh, evacuation centres could not be set up. Uh, even before evacuation centres, some of our churches just put mattresses down on our uh, the church floors, push the pews to side just to accommodate the communities and bring families in. Others have been supporting the uh, fire brigade in SES with food and, and water. Um, and others are out and about just knocking on doors, helping people to either prepare for the fire when it comes through or um, helping to clean up. Uh, others are just giving a, a personal hand to people to try and access help that is available and provided by the government. At the time of crisis, especially, people have a difficulty to process and remember where to turn to and, and, and what to do. So advocacy is one of the very important things that can be done. How widespread is your work right now here in uh, the northern part of New South Wales? Well, it stretches from uh, Casino right down to the south and, uh, in other words, past Newcastle and uh, out west in Varel and and all of those areas. So it's a vast area. There are churches and areas like, for instance, uh, my my local church in Maitland that um, is an area that has not directly been affected by the bushfires um, in a significant way. Um, what can churches like that 
like like say for instance my church do in preparation for the continuing um, bushfire season in the with the possibility that we might be uh, you know facing something what, what can we do, be doing now to get ready for a possible event well I think a strategic plan on how to uh, really actively support the community firstly their own members making sure that they are safe and uh, then reaching from there out to to make sure that they are are able to respond to their neighbours, their community, um, and already make contact with uh, Fire Brigade, SES, and Department of Community Services and ask the question, how can we be in in support of people when the time comes, when there's a crisis? Um, we, We need to remember, Lyle, that we only very early still in the fire season. Yes. And this is not going to finish up very quickly. Um, there's no rain in sight. And here where I stand, uh, I'm, I'm seeing the, the smoke in the distance. We're going to see smoke for a very, very long time um, in New South Wales especially. Mm. Now, um, Adventist Community Services and ADRA are they working with specific projects at this particular time? ADRA had a very specific uh, role at the time of disaster. Uh, They don't have that anymore, but we are at the moment just really engaging, trying to help our community to to respond uh, at time of of disaster and, and be available. And sorry, I've got people driving past. My apology for the noise. No, it's that's okay. okay. We understand that uh, you've been worked off your uh, just worked off your feet with uh, this bushfire crisis, and you're and you're out and about on the road um, early in the morning. Um, David, I'm wondering whether we can comment quickly about the emotional toll that this is taking place, that, that, that this is having on people. How much does it affect someone when they face the loss of uh, of of, of, of possessions of property and so forth when a bushfire goes through? They go into a form of grief very similar to the loss of a loved one. And uh, depression and anxiety are often um, things that follow and it can have a, a major lasting impact on people's lives. Uh, there are steps, though, in which they can actually protect themselves. And I wonder whether... I could engage in, in, in that discussion. Yes, please do. Please do. It's, it's interesting that people that are resilient, number one, say that um, what, when they face a crisis in their life, they quickly do an assessment, and if there's not much they can do, like when the fire is approaching, they disengage from the negative and engage with what they can do. In other words, a deliberate decision that I I will put all my energy into something, but when I see that there's nothing more that I can do about it, I will disengage and focus on the positive. Mm. A second thing that people uh, that are highly resilient do is that they are, in actual fact, looking away from their own misery and look at where they can actually support and help other people. So okay, so words, if, can I can I butt right in there for a moment because we just sure. had a uh, an interview with a, a bushfire victim yesterday, um, who actually you know escaped by a miracle. His house was in the bush. He was he evacuated when the fire was a hundred meters away. Got out with his family. Um, had no expectations that his house had survived. 
um, got down to his local church, started helping out um, other evacuees that had arrived there, um, reached the point where there was nothing more there to do, sort of gone, well, what do we do now? Realized it was his dad's birthday, drove down to Wyong, celebrated his birthday party with his dad. Is this the kind of thing that uh, we're talking about? You know, that um, resilient Aussie spirit just choosing to do positive things even when you have no idea whether your house is there or not? Exactly. Part of the creation of anxiety is to fixate on the negative. And the more you fixate on the the negative, the more it just consumes and takes over your life. But the moment that you look away from your own loss and you you engage to support others, you actually uh, find that um, not only will the resilience follow, but also that you will have a far greater mental health outcome. David, I wanted to um, ask you also about people who have defended their homes and in extreme circumstances, some of them have uh, you know, successfully defended their homes, but they have faced you know, an hour or two of incredible stress as that fire has been all around them. Are they in danger of dealing with PTSD? The potential is there for PTSD, especially if there's prior um, uh, damage, emotional damage done in their life. Uh, so it is vital for them to sit down with someone that they trust, someone that's qualified to be able to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also depends on how they process that. But the danger is there, yes. Yeah, so once again, we interviewed somebody who, you know, lost their home in a uh, in a fire in Darwin many years ago, then survived miraculously through the Black Saturday fires and, and, and then miraculously survived the uh, the Rainbow Flat fire um, just a couple of days ago. So that's, um, that's three heavy strikes. Does that mean that, you know, this person should, uh, you know, potentially consider, you know, sitting down and having a chat with someone? The potential of uh, reacting, uh, reactivating previous traumatic uh, events in our life through facing a current one is huge. And uh, just sitting down with someone to help them to, to check and make sure that they've processed things uh, in a correct way and that they come out on the positive side on the other side is, is very important for them. Are this is this a people you know? Are this is this a uh, a part of the population that often slips through the cracks? We say, you know, they stayed, they defended their home, they fought for it, they won the battle. Um, great, move on. We don't need to worry about them anymore. And um, do we do we let people you know like that fall through the cracks um, as far as dealing with their uh, with with the potential for for issues? We do, um, but at the same time, we need to remember that. Uh, Often it doesn't happen in isolation. It is, uh, we're part of a community and when we face it as a community, it is so much easier to process things. But when we do do deal with these kind of things in isolation, it has a far greater impact on us. And therefore part of resilience is to engage with others and where spirituality also plays a major role. Uh, Research shows that uh, no matter what kind of traumatic event you you process, the number one issue to give resilience is a belief, an active belief in God. Mm. And knowing that in spite of 
the losses, in spite of the crisis that we go through, there is still direction, there's still a future because God is in charge. Wow. And I think that that's a, um, a powerful lesson that I've heard just speaking to you know, the people that have been, we've been contacting here at the uh, radio station who have been Christian people is just their testimony of, of, of how they were able to surrender it to God and like we have our health, we have our strength, we're alive and praise God for that. You know, if we don't have anything else, then uh, we have those things. And Lyle, with that, the, the fact that uh, people, you know, actually look at, at the positive, look at what they still have left. I might have lost my home. I might have lost everything that I have, but I've got my family, my wife, my children around me. What a blessing that is. And, uh, you know, God is still there and be able to trust him and know that he will help us to rebuild again. Mm, absolutely. David, I want to spend a little bit of time about getting and receiving help. Um, first of all, many of us that have not been affected by the fires, how do we go about, um, how do we go about supporting people who have? Um, the government has uh, come forward with a very, very generous offer to help individuals who experienced loss during the fire, uh, as well as even people that um, that have not been able to get to work and therefore have not been able to get pay for for, for work, uh, and therefore going to. Uh, for some of our church people to just do advocacy and speak on behalf of people, take them to um, Centrelink and connecting with the Department of Human Services, Community Services, to help them to get those grants uh, opened up for them is one way. Another way to go through your community and just ask, is there anything that we can do? Sometimes just cleaning out the, the, the gutters, help cleaning out the mess. Uh, is a very practical way, um, even by just providing a sandwich, handing out you know some water to people, uh, is, is another way. Sitting in and just listening to people is an emotional way in which we can support our community. Praying, you know, with people that have experienced major trauma. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that um, you know, even when we're, when we're in places where you know we had a fire not so far from our place, and we're in contact with our neighbours and. You know, are you okay? Are, are you need help with, um, you know, anything or pets or so forth? They were moving horses, and uh, I think that's a great thing to be able to be involved in there. Now, for exactly. for um, for people who are victims, where do they go? If you know, if they need to talk to somebody, uh, counselling that kind of thing, where do they go? Uh, the first place would be an evacuation centre, and um, they would have counsellors and counselling support and pastoral support there. Uh, they could also uh, go to one of our churches where they might be directed and helped to, uh, and there would be people also that would sit down and listen to them and help them and, and further direct them on. Fantastic. David, it's been wonderful having you a part of the show again this morning, and uh, we wish you God's blessing as you continue to deal with the bushfire crisis. We expect that, uh, we suspect that you might be having a very busy summer season. Our prayers are with you. Um, that was David Help from uh, ADRA and uh, Adventist Community Services dealing with what is taking place in the uh, in 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 the follow up from the bushfires there. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. We need to continue on with our show right now. This is for King and Country. Oh God, forgive us.
praying a prayer with no reply Words float off into the night Couldn't cut out time with the sharpest knife Oh, oh, God won't give us Silence isn't comfortable We'll drive through peace and instant hope Shallow faith that has left us broke Oh, oh, God won't give us Oh, oh, God won't give us A slave to our uncertainty Help us with our unbelief Oh, oh, God won't give us Young and old, black and white Rich and poor, there's no divide You're the mighty, you're the powerless Singing, oh, oh, God, forgive us Oh, oh, God, forgive us A slave to our uncertainty Help us with our unbelief Yes, we have ignored you. So busy doing your work that we forgot that this was for you. Arms wide to our homeless savior, but arms crossed to our homeless neighbor. On bended knee, unite us all, set us free. Hey, I'm Julia from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. inside 
You tell me I can start again And I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known And loved by you You won't let go No matter what I do And it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace To be known, fully known And loved by you I'm fully known And loved by you It's so like you to keep pursuing It's so like me to go astray your truth, the kind of love that's bulletproof, and I surrender to your kindness, oh, I'm fully known, and loved by you, you won't let go, no matter what I do, and it's not one or the other, it's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully Right.